All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome. I can't be too loud, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm in my lake house and the kids are sleeping and there's not a lot of free space. So welcome to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a quiet edition, not a quiet edition, just not a screamy edition, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm not my usual screamy self. We don't have a a basement in our lake house, kind of. So I just sit in the kitchen trying to be as quiet as I can. That's why we didn't have a Monday episode because I'm out here and there's not a lot of, uh, a lot of internet access, and I just didn't want. Honestly, I didn't want to do it. So, welcome everybody to another episode. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making excuses. I, I shouldn't make excuses. But, anyways, how you doing, Tim? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're being honest. I was going to kind of call you out on that and say, listen, you know, it's no one's fault, but obviously, you're going to take the, the blame for that, right? I was going to do it either Sunday night, and I was like, you know, I can't do it. We got it was my anniversary, so like, I can't do it. I, we're celebrating i was gonna wake up monday morning and i just missed the alarm didn't go off i was like oh, okay it's not meant to be so we just didn't make it happen so happy anniversary how was that it was good we had a low-key night we just kind of did dinner here and we just kind of that's about it it was once you hit past 12, 10 years it's like uh, okay we just try to have little moments here and there but it was good 12th year 12 years married very good. Happy anniversary, honey. She doesn't listen to the podcast anymore, so <laughs> she's not uh, going to hear that. Three times a week too much for her? Just six kids is too much for her, I think. She's yeah. got no time for this. She used to. Not anymore. Anyways, so we missed Monday, which is a bummer. A lot's been happening, too. We missed the whole pretty much start of the second round. Well, I, I guess the first round. No, second round. 
second round of playoffs. So let's just jump right in. I, I let's just do the Canucks and Vegas because I think after that first game, the Canucks are overmatched. They are. The Vegas Golden Knights are just such a juggernaut of a team. They are who we thought we were. As the famous Dennis Green quote from the Arizona Cardinals, they are who we thought we were, or they are because they are just a good team. Like they just worked the Canucks up and down. And I don't know if the Canucks can have a response to that. They, they, they're a good team, the Canucks. They, they're exciting to watch like we saw in the first round in the play-in series. Like they're really exciting to watch. But they just they're going up against um, a manly team. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. It's just a team that has experience. They have the talent. They have the depth. They're just a tough team. They're everything they thought we were, and they're complete opposite of the Colorado Avalanche. Like, they, they lived up to the billing. And it's, it's – I don't know. I don't know. What, what does Vancouver have to do, Tim, to even make this a series after that first game where they just got – they just got worked, honestly. Well, for starters, they have to win game two. If they go down 2 nothing, then, you know, stick a, stick a fork in them. Um, but even then, like, I honestly don't, I could see them stealing one game, but I, like you said, they're outmatched. They're the, the golden Knights are bigger, stronger, more talented, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced, maybe not quite as, uh, you know, exciting as some of the young kids on the Canucks side, but these, these are men on that side of the ice, right? These guys have been around, um, and most of them have made deep runs with other teams. Now they're doing it together in this, this bunch of misfits, if we can still call them that. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way that they, they lose this series. There's, there's no chance. No chance. None. After a five rip game, you're just throwing in the towel already. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I love the Canucks. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been touting them for the last two months, but um, no, there's, there's no way that Vegas, they're, they're the better team and the better team. The further you go into the playoff, the better team um, tends to win. So this is, this is a group of men um, and as long as they play, play even close to the level they're capable of, they're, they're going to win this series. So it was interesting. Before the game even started, there was a little bit of controversy, a little bit of distraction coming from the Vegas Golden Knights because literally they're starting – well, I wouldn't call them their starting goalie. Their backup goalie, Mark Andrew Fleury, his agent sent out this tweet of him getting stabbed in the back by a sword and DeBoer's name is on the sword. A, of course you saw that. B, what do you, what do you think about this? Going into your second round – your star goalie, his agent, sends out this tweet. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so I didn't realize that DeBoer's name was on the sword. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so um, DeBoer's name is on the sword, and it's being thrust through the back of Flurry. It's like, right. I don't know how they – it's a big cut-and-paste job. It's not great, but yeah. So his agent just sends that out with no context, no text to it. It's just a picture. Bruins just scored. Let's go. Three, three Bruins. But anyways, I don't know. I saw this and it's just sometimes you just need to tell your agent. And I, I, I guarantee you, Mark andre Fleury did not have any input into this. Sure, they had conversations and I guess they're good buddies. They've known each other for a while. And Mark andre is probably like, hey, I'm not starting tonight. You know, it's a bummer. And the agent got upset and he's like, oh, someone just sent me this picture. I'm going to retweet it or just tweet it, do something. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, in this day and age, you can't be. It got. It went completely viral. It went cuckoo for cocoa nuts, and everybody saw it and made a big deal out of it. And Mark Andre had to release a statement and tell his agent to like take it down and stuff. It's just I, I, how do people still mess up social media? I, I don't get it. What my first instinct when I saw that was just it's embarrassing. I was embarrassed to look at it. 
I was embarrassed. Like I, I would be, I would be frustrated and embarrassed if I was flurry. This guy, I mean, who knows if he knew he was going to tweet this out or not. He says he didn't or he kind of avoided the question when he was asked, but it's just like, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's weirdly like passive aggressive. It's like, you have something to say, say it. Like you're, you're drawing attention for all the, the wrong reasons with this, especially, you know, they're going into the second round of the playoffs. This is not the time to, to, to do that. You have that conversation in a closed room behind closed doors, mano, mano a mano. You don't tweet out this passive aggressive, like melodramatic sword in the back with the coach's name on it. Come on, man. Well, if I'm like a player and that's my agent, I'm looking around, I'm shopping for other agents because if you want to get things done, if you want to send a message, the last thing you do is put out, like you said, a very wimpy picture to like try to stir up some controversy, especially in the playoffs. GMs don't like it. Players don't like it. It just sends the wrong messages. Like, what are you, what are you doing? It's just, and if Flurry had any chance of playing in these playoffs, any chance, if uh, Leonard had any kind of hiccup or there was some question about him, that, that's out the window now. They're running with Robin Lehner now for the rest of the playoffs because A, DeBoer saw that and he's like, oh, you think I'm stabbing you in the back? Boom, watch this. There's not a chance he sees the net for the rest of this playoffs. The only way he sees it is Leonard gets hurt or if the Vegas Golden Knights are losing a game like four or five, nothing, and he wants to give Lehner some rest to play the next game. That's it. Like, it's just, just like you said, it's an embarrassment to A, the Vegas Golden Knights and to B, just players. Like, who were you, this weenie agent? Probably never suited up in his life. Maybe played minors or juniors. or Like, give me a break. This is the NHL. This is where the best of the best player. You got to act like it, even when you're an agent. If my agent ever did that, I'd call him up and I'd say, see you, buddy. Peace. Like, that's, it's just, it's crazy that he would do that in the middle of a playoff run. When there's so much other stuff going on, you just want to be like, man, my guy's not playing. He's really good. You're stabbing him in the back. It's like, no, Lanner's the better goalie right now. Flurry's good, but they're playing the best goalie. Get over it. You know what I mean? If you want to make a statement, wait till the season's over, ask for a trade, do something. Don't do it right now. It's such a, it's just, it's just, then it's just like, that's what they're talking about. They're asking players. They're probably asking the captain. They're probably Pacioretty and Stasny and these guys. What do you think of Fleury? What do you think of this tweet? They don't, they don't need to be answering those questions at this point in the playoffs. You know, it's just stuff like that. It's like, stop, get off. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Nothing good happens on social media. Like it's just negative stuff. When you try to like voice your opinion, like just don't, it's just crazy. But anyways, all that aside, the Vegas Golden Knights overcame that little kind of adversity hiccup they had. And they just worked the Canucks. They outshot him 39 to 26. They beat him in all facets of the game, the power play, the penalty kill, five on five. Like they just really, really, really had a good, solid game. Up and down the lineup, every line produced, every line was humming. First, second, third, fourth line didn't get on the goal scoring sheet, but the first, second, and third line didn't. So like when you can throw out, like a Pacioretty on one line, then a Stone on another line, and Marcia So on another line, a Riley Smith, a Tuck. Like, it's it's a tough – and William Carlson. Like, they just have such a solid lineup from top to bottom. A Paul Stasny, I don't know. The, the Canucks had a great run. It was a good season for them. They overcame their expectations. They overshot them. And they, it was it was a cute run. But now it's time to go. You know what I mean? It's The real teams are are here to play. So, having said that, Another – oh, should we touch on the Ryan Reeves and the Antoine Roussel? Can we touch on that real quick? <laughs> yeah, what do you think of that? Is that is that as tough as it gets in today's NHL? Is that little hug? 
it's unbelievable how embarrassing hockey has become. Like this is the playoffs and you're supposed to be playing tough. And these like, I don't know. I don't know. I just saw that. And I was like, are you kidding me? What's going on? Like Reeves is laughing at him. Roussel's doing his best to like try to stir things up and change momentum. But I don't know. As Marsha show said, he's like, that's why we pay Reeves the big bucks. So, so we don't have to deal with this. And if Reeves, if all he has to deal with is this little Antoine Roussel, I don't know. Stuff like that. It's like, that's, and you don't want fighters in the game, Gary. You don't want toughness. You want guys like Roussel running around doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just, ugh. that's a, it's just a joke. If Roussel thinks he's going to get under Reeves skin by doing stuff like that, he's going to get his eyes pumped shut one of these games. Cause when you're up five, nothing, the coach is going to give you the tap and be like, all right, go take care of business. So I don't know. what did you think about that? It was just lame. I mean, I, I don't. I would, what do you think he said when he hugged him? Like, what's what's said in a moment like that? I don't know. There should be no hugging in that point. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's it's not what playoff hockey is about. Playoff hockey is about hatred, animosity, battling. You don't go out there. I don't want to see you smiling on the ice. I don't want to see you doing stuff like that, like hugging. Like, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I was talking to Pavs today, Joe Pavelski. And he's like, it's a different environment in here. You see these guys all the time. Like you're in passing, you're eating at the same restaurants, you're in the same hotel. So I don't know if that's going to affect this playoffs going forward, especially when they like dwindle the teams down and it's even more kind of compact where you're around these guys nonstop. Like, does that take away from the hatred, the animosity? Because the way hockey is now, it's not like the old days where you're on the same team for your whole career. Like you bounce around, you're on different teams, you're, you're, just friends with everyone honestly so I, I just don't see the playoffs like they used to be like back in the old days there was hatred the 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 rivalries between the blues and the hawks and the the red wings and the avalanche like that was really really hatred it was great to watch and now like the guys are going out to eat after the game they're seeing each other in the hotel they're passing each other in the hallway like oh, i'll see you at the pool you know is that good like no i don't think so i i think it it takes away from the game. It takes away from that passion that you expect in playoff hockey. I don't know. Tim, you probably like it because you're a millennial. You listen to be friends with everybody. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I should have known something like that was coming. No, I honestly, I don't like it either because you need to have that temporary hatred for your opponent. You need to want to crush them. You need to have the anger in there. And when you don't have that, it shows. And there's a little things that happen that you typically see from a long playoff run granted we're only in the second round but really the playoffs have been going on for like a month now if you count the, the round robin tournaments and stuff and it's it's just yeah. it, it is a little soft it is a little soft it's a little too friendly and the fact that like this weird hugging moment is like the talk of the town right now because that's as, as close as we've seen to anything really between some enforcers uh or some you know those those uh agitator type players just tells you all you need, all you need to know well, we'll see what happens tonight because they, they dropped the puck there in an hour and or actually any second now they're going to drop the puck. So maybe maybe they'll take care of business and they'll they'll do a handshake this time. Just get rid of the hugs and they're just going to handshake for a while or do like a cool, cool, like little dance off. That'll be fun. It's just that's how <laughs> hockey is now. You're not allowed to like hit or fight or do anything. It's just all lame. Is it, remember like those there was that goalie in Europe who used to like to do the dances after his wins. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. All right, they're going into overtime right now. The Bruins Lightning game two. Lightning need to win this game. They do. Like we were talking before, they've outplayed the Bruins this game. They deserve a win. If they don't win this game, that is big, big uh-oh for the Lightning. So anyways, I don't know if you caught this either, but they had a goal called back in the first period because of an offside that took place like 30 seconds before the, the goal. Uh, 
Do you like that rule? I hate it. I hate uh, it. Why though? Because here's the deal. I, I don't mind it. I, I feel like there should be some sort of gray area. Was it a, a blatant offside? I didn't see it. No, it was under review. It was, it was a matter of inches. And here's the thing. Like if, if it has to do with, um, if it directly impacts the play, then I understand it. Yes. But like if it's totally irrelevant, you know, like it didn't change whether he was one step ahead or one step behind and no impact on the goal. Why call it back? I agree. I think if you, if you're looking to increase goals, you know, make the league more exciting, you want offense. I think that is a legit argument. If it doesn't impact the play, if it was like 30 seconds before the goal, cause I've seen somewhere it's an offside then they leave the zone again and they come in again and, and they're onside this time and they go and score and they call it off like two minutes after the goal. You know what I mean? Right. So they're, they're dude. I think some tweaks would be good. But you know they, they got to call it like they like the rule says it. So whatever. That's too bad for the Lightning. They're just if they lose this game, I don't see them coming. I don't know. The one thing that is beneficial for a team that goes down in this bubble is there's no really home ice advantage. Yep. And you really can come back fairly easily. You're not going into someone's barn. There's no travel. So I don't know. It is what it is. I, I don't see a two game lead in the playoffs as daunting as it would have been if it was just a regular playoff series, because all you have to do is win one game on the road and you're in the same. Anyways, you just change locker rooms and they put different graphics on the boards. So <laughs> it's not really exactly a, a road environment in the playoffs. Anyways, moving on, let's go to the next series. Or, you know what? Let's touch on this. The Leafs love being in the news. They love to be, be involved. They, they didn't make the, the playoffs. It's so like, we got to do something to stay in the news. So they traded, they made it, they swung a deal. The cash-strapped Toronto Maple Leafs did a trade with the Pittsburgh Penguins because we all know that the Penguins GM, Rutherford, loves to wheel and deal. This guy trades more superstars than anybody I've ever met. If you look at his trade resume and what he's done for the last five years, dealing Galchenyuk and Kessel and all these guys getting Marlowe, trading, like he's just wheeling and dealing all the time. So he made a trade. He picked up Kasperi Kapanen. Is that how you spell it? Kasperi? Kasperi? Yep, Kasperi. Kasperi Kapanen from the Leafs for a first-round draft pick and some other prospects, one of whom is I heard pretty good. I don't know nothing about him, but I heard he's a good prospect. And all he, he gave up a first-rounder, some prospects, and he got Kasperi Kapanen and a couple minor leaguers, right? Yep. Is it just me, or did the Penguins just get absolutely fleeced? I mean, police might be a strong word, but for sure that the Maple Leafs have to be drooling over that deal. This is the win for the Leafs. They get out from his cap. He's three, three and change salary cap a year. He's not a very, like he didn't pan out for them. The Leafs actually traded for him. Was he a part of the Kessel trade? I want to say to the Penguins from Toronto. I believe he was. He didn't really pan out for the Leafs. He was projected to be a top six guy slot in with those young forwards and he just didn't really have the production that they expected out of him. He was kind of hit or miss some nights. He had a couple goals here and there. Like he didn't put up the points like he thought the Leafs thought he would. And I don't know. This is a win for them. This is Dubas's, I think, biggest win trade of his tenure with the Leafs to get out from under his contract, to get a first round draft pick because they didn't have one this year. And I don't know. I just, I just think it's a good pick for the Leafs. They still have to maybe move around a couple more pieces if they want to retain some of their players. But to have no cap, no cap, when the cap is staying flat for the next few years, this is this is a big big win. I don't know. 
I don't know. And the Penguins, I think they just are shaking it up. They drafted this guy in 2012. 12? Gosh, yeah. he's been in the league that. 2012. He seems like such a young player. But anyways, they're, they're just trying whatever they can in Pittsburgh. They mentioned they're going to trade one of their goalies soon. They're both restricted free agents. I can't see them getting away from Matt Murray, so they'll probably move Tristan Jerry. Uh, the, I envision them making another move as well to try to just shake things up. They have – this is what I, I love about Pittsburgh. They know what they have. They have two superstars, and they have a pretty good guy on the back end, Latang, and they're not going to waste – that talent. So this GM is doing whatever he can to win the cup while he has these like superstars that you don't get every day. You don't get a Sidney Crosby. So I love what he's doing. The guy in Edmonton should be ashamed of himself for what he's doing at Edmonton because it's, you can do it. You can surround your guy with good players and you can do everything you can to maximize the window that you have. And that's what the guy in Pittsburgh is doing. Rutherford's doing a great job. And so he's just trying to do it again this year, reloading again, because Crosby is getting another year older, but he's still at the top of his game. And he's just going to try to win a cup. That's what it's all about. So anyways, good trade, good trade, good trade for Toronto. If I'm going to grade it, I give it a A minus for Toronto and like a B minus for Pittsburgh. You can't, you can't fault the guy for swinging, trying to get some talent back in the, in the lineup, trying to win some games. Am I right? Because if you're going to draft in the 15th overall pick, you're not going to get someone as good as Kapanen at this point in his career. Maybe two, three years down the road, he turns into a better player. But right now, for this season upcoming, Kapanen is going to be a better player than their 15th overall pick. He will help the Penguins to win the Stanley Cup more than a 15th overall pick is. That's why I love Rutherford. He's going for a win-now mentality, and he's been doing it ever since he's had Sidney Crosby. Does it make I don't sense hate to trade. Him? I just think they might have overpaid for him a bit, especially when the whole league knew that the Leafs were trying to offload some of these players. So to give a first-round pick for a guy that they were trying to trade anyway, maybe a bit much, but um, sometimes you have to pay what, it, what you have to pay. You know, So good deal for both teams, and hopefully he's – I think they got to assume he's going to try to slot him right on Crosby's line to star, right? Just to see if they have any mojo together. I would put him with Malkin because Zucker looked pretty good with Crosby, but who knows? I don't know. They have a decent top six for pairing. Now they've already said he's going to, they're going to slot him in the top six, but it is interesting. The whole trade with Marlowe offloading Marlowe comes full circle. So basically the Leafs traded Marlowe and Kasperi Kapanen for that first round pick. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. to dump Marlowe, they had to give up Kasperi Kapanen and a bunch of money. So and ten million bucks. So that's pretty cool. Good trade for Toronto. Tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with a revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get it to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. 
Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. So buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire, but only until Labor Day. So go right now, like right now, to theragun.com slash blue wire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Anyways, moving on. Let's talk about another series. Do you want to touch on, well, Vancouver's up one nothing already. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. That's it. Let's let's we have to go back and start recording because everything we said is not true. Vancouver's going to come back and win the series. Vegas is a joke, and we need to retape. Just kidding. All right. Let's. Speaking of jokes and teams that maybe we didn't think, maybe we thought a little too, little too highly of them. The Colorado Avalanche. I've been waiting to get here, John. Let's go. And the Dallas Stars. What is happening with the series? And it's not like Dallas is squeaking by. Colorado went up. 2 nothing the other day, and they scored five unanswered goals. Like, what is happening with the Colorado Avalanche? Or should I say, what is going right with the Dallas Stars? Like, what's going on? Tim, tell us. John, are, are the Stars good? Did are I miss legit? This is the frustrating thing about the Stars, is they have the talent and the lineup to play really, really good. But, man, were they just terrible in the regular season for long stretches. So, maybe, like... If you look at their lineup, they have a lot of like solid, solid forwards, and they have a lot of really good defensemen. So I don't know. Uh, did we totally undersell the Dallas Stars? Maybe, but I'm still like, I'm, call me crazy. I'm still not sold on this team. Like, this is not a team I'm, I'd be worried about playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. This is not a team like you got to take them seriously, obviously. But like, who would you rather play, them or Vegas or Colorado? You, you take I the know. Stars, right? I know, but the more you look at the the, the Avalanche, it's like, do they really have more than those couple, that first line, Ranton, McKinnon, Landeskog? They have Kadri, you know, he's doing good. The, Nemesnikov is okay, but do they have the depth like we thought they did? You know, the, the Burakovsky, the Donskoy, they have a decent team, but when you really analyze the team, and maybe I'm just being like, I'm just overdoing it too much. They had a bad couple games, but it is, it's crazy that, Dallas has outplayed them these first two games. They really have. Radulov has played well. Dallas has a very, very good defensive system. We said that going into the playoffs, and they have two legit stud defensemen in Heiskanen and uh, that uh, Klinberg. Like those are two very, 
very good defenseman. And you pair that with a good veteran forward group who knows how to play the game. They know how to play in the playoffs. The Jamie Ben, Bavelski, Corey Perry, Tyler Sagan, Radulov. These guys have been around the block. They know how to play. They know how to play in difficult times. I don't know. I'm very surprised. And I'm, I'm happy because I know more guys on Dallas than I do on Colorado. But, man, I am absolutely blown away by the first two games. I'm, like, it's crazy. Colorado finished 10 points higher in the standings in the regular season. They were the heavy favorites. Everybody picked them to sweep Dallas. And Dallas has quietly come in and said, all right, let's just do our job. Hudobin's played well. He's sporting, like, above 950 save percentage in the series. The one Achilles heel that we did talk about was the Colorado Avalanche goaltending. And Yep. It's 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 showing up now. Frank Coor, is how do you spell it? Frank Coos? Yep. And Grubauer, they're not playing too hot, you know. And if I don't know, I hate begging on them because we just like we were just blowing smoke up their behinds so much, and now we're just like, oh, they're brutal. They're not brutal. They have the skill to come back, but they're just not. They're not playing well. The young defense are getting exposed. Gerard's having a tough time playing. Graves isn't playing very well. Is there youth maybe showing in this series? Do you think, Tim? I think so. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, Nathan McKinnon is playing great. And there was, there was one point last night where uh, I saw the stat on Twitter where the, the Stars had seven shots on that and McKinnon had eight. Something like something crazy like that. Um, and his, you know, he's going to score. He's going to get his chances. And, and I don't know if any lead, series lead against the, the, the Avalanche is safe maybe three nothing, which I mean, obviously this game is going to be a, a must win for those guys tomorrow. But I, I just, there's so much talent there. And, and I just have a hard time thinking about the stars advancing to the Western conference finals, or even this, like, imagine if the Stanley cup is the stars versus the Islanders. I mean, vomit, right? Like that's gross as a it's hockey not, thing. Come it's on. It's not good for hockey. If that, if oh. that happens, yeah, you don't want that, but I don't know this next game three, like we said before, a two nothing deficit is not as big of a deal now in the bubble as it would have been. Like if they were going back to Dallas for game three, I'd be like, this game is done. Like this series is over. There's no way they come out of there with two wins because arguably you have to win the next two. You can't go down three, one. You cannot, you have to win the next two to tie it up two two, because if you're down three to one, it's good night, Irene, like it's the series is over. So it's doable in the bubble. It's not as intimidating if you're rolling into Dallas when the fans are rocking and they got the country music and everybody's having a good time. So I don't know. We'll see. Colorado needs a wake-up call, man. They really do. They need to mix it up. You know what you're going to get from uh, Rantanen, Landeskog, and uh, McKinnon. McKinnon? Like You're going to get two points a game, two goals out of that first line. They need some secondary scoring. That That's the story for this team. It's it seems like that around the whole NHL, but they, you really do need that secondary scoring. You need a goal from the third line, the fourth line, every game to compete. Like you need that to win the Stanley cup. So anyways, very interesting. And you, you mentioned the Islanders. What is happening with the Islanders now? It's, I am completely baffled. Well, it's not completely surprising. They did win the season series versus Philadelphia, but are we sleeping on the Islanders too? I, I said before this, if there was one team who could win this, go to the Stanley Cup finals, that was a play-in team, it would be the Islanders. They're well-coached, they're disciplined, they play the game the right way, and they just are, they go about their business. They're very quiet. They have some vets on that team. Their back end is loaded with veterans. And I don't know, they're not ex- very fun to watch, but they get the job done. Don't you think? I don't know, Tim, what, what, is, what is your thoughts on this series? Uh, again, so it's only one nothing right now. The uh, yeah. Islanders up one nothing over Philly. 
but it was a big one, nothing for nothing. The game was not close. Um, and, and that really the talk of, of this whole series and this whole run for the Islanders has been Barry Trotz. He's, in, he's insane. He's a, he's a stud coach. He's maybe the best in the league. Do you think you can make that argument? He's the best in the league right now. He is on a short list of the best coaches in the league. What, what makes him even better is just how much of a train wreck. I, I don't want to say a train wreck, but how fast the Washington Capitals have fallen from their Stanley cup championship season. So they just fired Reardon, their coach, and they are in the market for a new coach. Does How much does it sting for the GM and the owner of Washington to see, A, how successful the New York Islanders have been since Trotz has left? Because we can't forget the Islanders were not a very good team before Trotz got there. They were okay. They had some pieces. They had Barzell. They had Lee. They had a decent team. They were not the team that they are now. How how did the GM and owner feel that, A, the Islanders have taken gigantic strides and the Washington Capitals have just fallen right off the cliff? They are okay in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, the last two seasons, they have just crumbled. They don't take it to that next level, and they just get embarrassed like they were this year. They were embarrassed in the playoffs by the Islanders. So what? over a few hundred thousand dollars in contract – so Washington, their strategy is they pay their players. They invest all the money they have into their players. They're always close to the cap, and they don't pay their coaches. They feel like coaches are a dime a dozen, you should say. They don't really do anything other than just kind of do a game plan, and they don't want to overpay on coaching. So how much does it sting when you see Trotz doing so well and your guy that you brought in, he was the assistant there. The, the players loved him. He, he can't carry that over to Stanley Cup success. It, I don't know. It just, I don't know what I'm asking you, but it just, it just shows how much a coach means to a team. Everyone's like, oh, you have great talent. You have this, you have that. You need a coach to put it all together. You need a coach who can kind of stir the pot and make everything taste good or else you can't do anything. And this, it, it happened in Washington. They thought they could flip the switch, go from like, oh, regular season mode to playoff mode. It, it, it doesn't happen that way. You need a coach to guide these players. I don't know, Tim, you're an almost coach. What's going on in Washington and why weren't they successful? I wonder if it's a little bit of like, you know, remember they just won the cup a few years ago, right? So like, were they coming out of that and thinking like, you know what? We can do this again. The players are the ones that did it. Just plug in anyone at the coach position. Don't let them screw up. Let Ovechkin and Backstrom and those Carlson run the team. As long as the coach isn't going to hurt them, you know, we can do it again. Maybe they were just kind of overconfident, overestimating the players, underestimating the importance of a coach, which is kind of hard to imagine just because of what, who Trotz is, how important he was to that cup run. But I wonder if they came out of that run undervaluing the coach position and looking to the players for carry that team. Yeah, I'm sure they expected the players to pick up some slack and give Reardon some help because – they well, they were familiar with this guy. He was the assistant coach. The reason there was no coaching search in Washington, the reason they wanted to get Trotz out of there so fast was because they knew Reardon was going to be the coach. They had this guy. They were grooming him. The players loved him, and yeah, I guess they thought the players would you know pick him up a little bit and help him out. But that's year one. Once you hit year year two, and you're still doing the same thing and you're getting the same results, like it's the coach. Like the players are not responding to whatever he's doing. You have to switch it up. You have to have some kind of tough love or do do something different. I don't know if he was just like a really great players coach and gave him a ton of days off and didn't bag skate him, but just didn't it did not seem like the same Washington Capitals team. 
that we saw in the Stanley Cups or, or the years prior to the Stanley Cup when they were battling and going to West Eastern Conference Finals and like almost making it. And like you could see the desire in their eyes and how they played the game. In the last two years, they've just been floating. I was talking to Frank Saravelli when you were on vacation, Tim, and he, he said the same thing. It's like, what is going on? with these teams that have just won the cup, it's like they win the cup and then they just take, take a break. St. Louis this year, Washington last year. It's just, they, they just shut it right down after they win the cup. So I don't know, hopefully they can get a coach in there to kind of revive them. I think they need a veteran coach in there to kind of take the reins and take control of that room. When you have a, a team with a lot of veterans and a guy like Ovechkin and Backstrom and Oshie and Wilson, who have such a strong presence, you need to match that with a coach who can go in there and just hold his own and stand up to these players and be like, this is what we're doing. If you don't like it, beat it. Like that, that's what it is going to take. You can't throw a rookie coach in there or a guy from college or a guy from the minor leagues. You need to have a guy with some, some swagger, you know what I mean? To come in there and say, listen, boys, get behind me. This is what we're going to do. So well, it'll be interesting. They still have a window in Washington. They're still a good team. They obviously have to clean up some, some stuff. They need some help on the back end. Carlson can't do it all himself, but I don't know. Hopefully they can get back because they're a fun team when they're going. <laughs> they are picks, right. One of my picks for my cup. My uh, did I have any? Remember that one tweet? Well, who? What veteran should win the cup? Is there anybody left? I can't remember. Um, Marlowe Lundquist. No, no. And it was Kovalev or Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Philly's still in it with Giroux and Voracek and stuff. But anyways, getting back to the Islanders, they look good. Um, I think Philly will bounce for a veteran team. And this is a good series. They, these guys have some history. They're obviously, they play each other a ton in the regular season. So it's just a fun series. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch this next game. Vancouver's up to nothing. Oh boy. Love that. What a, what a bounce back for these kids. Honestly, like it shows a lot, a lot of character. Bo Horvat carrying the team to Foley got his first goal of the playoffs. So good for them. Anyways, is there any series we haven't touched on, Tim, or did we touch them all? Boston, well, you, you talked about uh, wanting to follow and watch this series, but you know who you're not going to see on the TV when you watch it? What? Mike Milbury. Oh, I'm not going to hear his silky voice. Why is that, Tim? Um, he said something again. Uh, no, no. Yes, yes. And unlike unlike you, he's on live TV. So you say stupid stuff all the time, and then I just edit it out before we publish the episode. But Mike doesn't have that uh, doesn't have that benefit. He's he's on live TV and he's known for saying a stupid thing from time to time, um, and he did it again last week. And he is now sitting out for the remainder of the playoffs. So now, here's the thing: I say silly things. It's not in the same ballpark as what he's talking about. And no, no, no. I'm just teasing. Here's the. I don't know. I feel bad for Mike a little bit. It's like you can just tell he said something he didn't even realize what he said was bad. You know, he was trying to say something and it just, it sounds terrible. And you can tell he's just in that old school mentality. And I, I, I agree. He should be off the TV. Like he, he's just, he's too much. Ronix should be gone. He should be gone. I just think the times are changing and his mentality is, and I, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but just from what he's been saying, it's like the women belong in the kitchen and the men work and that's how it's going to yeah. be. You know what I mean? It's like, no, Mike. Times have changed. I have six daughters. You know, there's there's definitely a place for a woman. There's a place for a man. Everybody has their roles, but you can't say what he said. You really can't. It's it's too much, especially on national TV. And it wasn't like that outrageous of a comment. If you really think about it, it's like they're not distracted because there's no women there. It makes sense. 
they're, they're there focusing on hockey and hockey alone. I think, I think maybe that's who he was trying to get across. I don't know. Maybe I'll give him the benefit of a doubt, but you still can't say it. Like, it's just too much. Like uh, there's no reason to. So it, it was, it was a long time coming. I don't think he's been good for a while. And this is just, I, I'm, I'm putting my issues with him aside. I'm just trying to be a biased person here, an unbiased, <laughs> unbiased person. I, I, I don't think he's been good with NBC for a long time. I, I think he struggles to keep up with Keith Jones, especially with the young guys they brought in with Anson Carter and Patrick Sharp, that Liam McHugh and Catherine Tappen. They're really, really good. Like they're really, really good. And I think Mike just does see the only way he can keep up is if he says something outrageous and just tries to get like the argument going. And that was the same with Ronick. I, I don't think they are good anymore. So I don't know. I, I don't think he'll be missed. I really don't. And I hope he comes on the podcast. I'd love to talk to him, but I don't know. It, it's time to go. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's time to switch it up a little bit. And I, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not sad that he's leaving. I'm sure you are, Tim. You love no, that guy. No, no, no. I don't think, I don't think anyone really um, would, would argue that he should be gone or, or really going to miss him. You know, it's, I didn't even know he was still calling games. Yeah. I had no idea until we tried to get him on the show. And I, I was like, Oh, wait, I mean, he's busy. He's still working for NBC. I was like, Oh, crazy. Had no idea. No idea whatsoever. But anyways, good riddance, Mike. No one's going to miss you. You had a good run. Go throw a shoe at somebody and we'll see you later. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, just to close this out, the lightning discord in overtime. Yes. Finally. Okay. Justice. They have been oh, playing the Bruins. Good. Final shots in the game. Tampa 36, Boston 25. Who got the game winner? It was Pal- and- Andre Palat. Yeah, okay. Good game. I like Marshall. him a lot. You like Palat a lot? He's a good player. Was that on purpose or no? <laughs> Palat a lot. I do like him. You like him? All right. Well, this series is going to be interesting. I hope Tampa wins. I don't think they will, but they deserve some good news in Tampa. They've just been – the Bruins have just rolled over them for years now, and it's time to pass the torch, I think, especially with – like if they had Rask, they would have won this game. I'll say that. Let's throw that out there <laughs> right again. Don't even get me started. Don't even Halak save percentage eight eight nine. Not good. What in this game or the series? This game. He's actually been playing well this playoffs. So I'll give him that. He's played very very well, very well as a starter should. Like he's he's a good goalie. I'm not going to bag on him now. He played well. All right, Tim. Anything else we should? Uh, no. No, we'll wrap it up. We have a, uh, a special episode coming out Friday. Yeah, Joe Pavelski, I'm going to get him on Friday. The reason I talked to him today, we're trying to hammer out a schedule. He just calls me or texts me. He's like, I can do it right now in two minutes. I was like, Pavs, I can't really do it in two minutes. He's like, all right, we'll do it on uh, Thursday, my next off day. <laughs> so who knows? They could be up 3 nothing at that point. He's just coasting into the Western Conference final. So you have Joe Pavelski from the Dallas Stars this week on Friday. So stay tuned, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll be more prepared. I'm on vacation. You know what I mean? This is my week off and I just got a little lazy. You you should be lucky. I'm even doing it here. I'm by myself in my kitchen. My kids are sleeping. We had a nice night down by the water. Oh, it's so beautiful, Tim. Oh, so beautiful. Anyways, everybody enjoy the summer. Stay safe. And I will talk to you. Are you going to join us on Friday, Tim? What's on Friday? Oh, with Pavelski? Yeah. Uh, if my schedule allows, maybe. Oh, you're so, so cool. What's it like to be so cool? Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It looks easy, but it's not. And here's what's your deal making fun of my memes on my phone? Telling me I don't know how oh. to use my memes. 
your gifts like you, your gifts oh, you just gifts every <laughs> everything everything i send you you send a gift back you don't know how to it's just funny i think it's great to respond rather than just saying like i don't want to i send a gif of like uh michelle tanner saying i don't think so dude it's just really fun <laughs> no they're, i don't know they're, is, am they're i not doing am i not doing it right i'm just trying to get under your skin apparently it's working no i just don't want to embarrass myself with the kids i want to be hip and cool you know what I mean? I want to be with it. I want you're to be making wor- it. You're making woke. it worse. You're making I'm it worse. I'm cool. All right. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing good. I'll talk to you on Friday. Tim, have a good one. Cheers, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day all night so go to betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire to receive your welcome bonus that's betonline.ag promo code blue wire bets online they are your online sports book experts